0: GM, GM, good morning. Artist Journal, August 26, 2022, Berlin. Caffeinated, here I am, Adrian Pocabelli, your artist reporter, on the scene, going through all sorts of strange artworks. All sorts of strange artworks that we're finding, mostly on the Tezos blockchain, which has my attention more than anything right now in the art world, by far. It's not even close. Uh, The action is here. What it seems to me is we have a whole kind of digital revolution is going on. And, you know, we have to give props to Ethereum. But I think this whole gatekeeping thing that started on Ethereum. And to be fair, I mean, people could always mint on OpenSea. And that's what Justin Aversano did. Uh, so in a sense, we can't be too hard on Ethereum. You could have always minted. It would have been 11.55, but there was some gatekeeping, which kind of confused artists. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I was messaging with Justin Aversano before he blew up. If you know who that is, that's the crazy, uh, not crazy, His the prices are crazy. Uh, we'll come back to Sun in a second here, um, but you do kind of have to see, like, if you're not familiar, <laughs> With Justin Abersano, I mean, mostly, most of you probably are, but this audience, like the first few shows, because I was just posting on Twitter, um, I was basically assuming I was preaching to the converted for the most part, uh, maybe you get a few people on the search, uh, but it's possible we're starting to get people outside of Tezos or people who are curious. There's a lot of movement on Twitter right now, and, uh. So anyway, so floor price of 70, and he put out a series of twin portraits. So he doesn't need any more attention. I'm not here to promote Justin Aversano, but I'm very happy for him. Hilariously, I mean, I was uh, messaging with this guy. Uh, I had just wrote, oh, that's a nice piece on some other work he had done. And then he's like, oh, and he messaged me. He's like, oh, well, what do you like about it and everything? And he was very new to the space. And I was fairly new, but I was already kind of on Super Rare or whatever for a few months. This was like probably February or March of last year. So a year and three months ago. Anyway, so what's so interesting about him, and it's an important lesson for all artists, is what he was a ruthless, I don't want to say ruthless, because I, don't, I don't want to put it in a bad light, but he was a hardcore promoter. And I think he was living in New York so he had that hustle and he, you know, it was when, uh, what was the name of the, before Twitter spaces, there was that app that everybody was using that now the name escapes me. Uh, he was on clubhouse, he was on clubhouse like all the time. And a lot of people made their name that way. And he was just our uh, relentless, you know, to, that was what Jeff Bezos wanted to call Amazon at first was relentless. And there's something to be said for being relentless, because look at what happened. He became hugely famous uh, and like the NFT photographer and selling at Sotheby's. Like, I think this is a shot of the work at Sotheby's, I think, that all sold, I think, for a million dollars or something like that. Uh, He's made a fortune. He's in the history books, arguably. And I watched it all from over here, folks, and I'm thrilled for him. I mean, I've seen it happen a couple of times, actually. Like, so, you know, like I Don't Knows or One Don't Knows. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I hope to get on Super Rare. And I was like, yeah, man, just apply. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I already applied. So obviously I had nothing to do with this, and the guy's extremely talented. Um, Let's just look at I Don't know his Work or however you pronounce his name. I think I have some of it. Um, and he's been doing very well. He does these kind of Renaissance collage type works or collages of these 17th and 18th century paintings. Well, buy for a thousand, sell for a dollar. So somewhere in between there is the real value of this work. Uh, but really, you know, what's interesting about I don't knows work or however you say his name or her, I think it's a he, is it's actually a lot more interesting than those old paintings. Because I've been to museums like there's the Getty, the John Paul Getty Museum in L.A. And, you know, if you're in the Louvre, sometimes you just find these endless rooms of 18th century, 17th century paintings that kind of have this look, and they get extremely boring, at least for me, like extremely boring. And what's great about One Don't Know's work is he actually manages to revitalize that work and kind of rescue it from itself, from that genre with his awesome collages. And he has done spectacularly. Uh, He has a very smart social media feed. Like, yeah, I'm just very impressed by people. Like, you know, so maybe the message of this early on in this episode here is the importance of marketing and how you present yourself and all these things. I've never worried too much about that stuff. Like for me, and that's just my philosophy, maybe in my mind, I, I call that the long term. For me, I'm playing the long game. So you guys figure it out Is sort of, I'll make the works, let the market figure it out. If it's actually worth anything at a certain point, this will gather, attract value, you know? And you could argue, say this channel, I mean, it has definitely helped me So, so there is that as well. And, you know, I wasn't oblivious to that. Otherwise I wouldn't be publishing these to YouTube. Um, but it's really nice. This is something I've wanted to do for a year and it's really fun. And I think people like it. Uh, so, and I think it's kind of overdue. There needs to be a show that is introducing a lot of the great art that people are talking about here. And so there's, I don't know's work, one don't knows. So, yeah, again, this works. I think you just sold something for three and a half ETH or something, a new all time high. I mean, that's seven or $8,000, right? So, congratulations to him. Congratulations to Justin Aversano. They don't need our congratulations, but uh, but nevertheless. So, all to say, these are good stories, and maybe in the sense that uh, if it can happen to them, it can happen to you you know, it shows the world is small. Okay, like these aren't unreachable goals, um, especially in kind of the crypto space, NFT space, where things move incredibly fast. So speaking of moving incredibly fast, let's get this done. I find the earlier I do this in the morning, the better, because motivation goes down by the minute after 11am. So here I am at 11, 12. So let's go. Uh, I want to take a quick look at Oben open Obenson, who is a very interesting artist, an acquired taste. You might say, Adrian, like when I first saw this, I thought, oh, this is kind of weird. It's kind of fuzzy. It looks like kind of almost low resolution. Uh, but there's something here. And I kept coming back to it as well. And I also noticed that other interesting collectors were picking up Obenson's work. So I took a look. And so I thought we could just take a quick look. At what Oben Sun is up to? I actually picked up this wizard yesterday. This one of one. It was twenty Tezos or twenty one. I ended up paying for it. Um, and this is also kind of with his with Oben Sun's video game theme. Look sprites for a non-existent RPG. Okay, so again, very cool kind of. Cons- I'd almost call this semi-conceptual work, uh, even though it's, I think it's, but I think it's very genuine where this comes from, which is this open son, this person, probably just loves video games and is kind of turning it into art. And you really see, you know, the pixel art sort of, my favorite part of this piece here is actually at the top of the, I guess that's a staff where you get this kind of magic, pixely kind of, stars and dust or whatever you want to call that pixie dust maybe um so very interesting kind of work again you see like uh you know this hero uh you know it's like a rpg from your youth maybe some of you guys are still playing this stuff i mean or but there's something kind of retro about it the treatment feels very original. Here's a one of one. This sold for 50 Tezos. In retrospect, it might have been nice to pick this guy up. Uh, Another interesting thing is just like, again, this treatment. Uh, you You see these lines? It almost feels like a retro screen filter. And it almost feels like a photograph of a screen. I don't think that's what this is. I think it's just a treatment that Sun is doing, but I think it's it's very appealing and very interesting. Uh, So I just wanted to kind of touch on that. I mean, again, this is one of those artists that you see fairly early. Uh, Like, I think the first piece I bought was actually this Hill Ogre very early on when I joined, because it was kind of cheap and it seemed like, you know, this is kind of a fun, interesting piece. So I picked one up. Uh, It wasn't too expensive and all that sort of stuff Uh, when you're just looking for art. So again, one of these native Internet artists, like this is not the kind of art that would necessarily have taken off in a gallery. And how do you even show it in a gallery? Just the logistics of, okay, we're going to put these on TVs now or we're going to put a projector, which I'm a much bigger fan of than these TVs for showing digital art. Uh, so again, this is the kind of art that's coming out as a result of this technology. And that in itself is worth a comment there. Actually, this was the first one I bought because I just thought it was a great composition and kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, this is very early on. I think I came around February, early February. This is minted on January 20th, 2022. So yeah, so kind of pra- in praise of Open Sun here. Um Another piece that crossed my desk here, uh, we have an LB and Side Hustle collaboration NTSC rooms. If you don't know LB, for those that are basically new to the ecosystem, he's kind of one of the main, if not the main video artists. Like he's kind of given himself. I don't want to say he's the main. I mean, there's people like Sky Goodman. There are other people. So but he's definitely made a niche for himself in the video domain. And I'm not an expert in that domain. So take what I say with a grain of salt on that. Um, but what some of their my favorite work by, by LB, I, I really like this work actually, um, so, Walk to Nowhere, which actually, again, I did a comparison of this on Twitter. I'll just show you what that reminds me of. Salvador Dali, the chemist, from Ampudras, who's looking for absolutely nothing at all. Let's see if we can get this. The chemist of... yeah. Uh, let's see. It's more out of the title than anything, but let's just see if we find an image. Yeah, here it is. The chemist of Ampurdan in search of absolutely nothing. One of my favorite titles of all time. Let's see if we can get... you see how impossible it is. We've been commenting on this. Uh, so you see this chemist here, one of my favorite dallies, an obscure one for the most part, but the title uh, makes this piece, if you ask me. So yeah, so the chemist from Ampruddin, who's looking for absolutely nothing at all, a classic surrealist piece. And I mean, the title makes it. And so when I see Walk to Nowhere, I, th- I think a dally. I, I, so I bought that one. I was just like, And it's also very nicely rendered now so some of their coolest work and I haven't picked up any of it like I've kind of missed the boat on these NTSC rooms and what makes them so interesting in my opinion is uh the work itself is kind of nice and simple I I like the simplicity of let's just have a room and then we'll put some stuff in it and kind of create a narrative out of that and what's so interesting though from a Innovation technology perspective here is how LB is putting his videos in here. So the room is done by side hustle and then LB puts in his videos. I think LB's a he again, you never know. I mean, it's kind of like this is another very interesting thing about this space is the anonymity and how you don't even know oftentimes the gender, the class or the race or anything and when you go to the contemporary art scene, it's like so much is based on that. And kind of like, so it's just another interesting contrast uh, of the NFT scene because of all the anonymity. anonymity. We, it's, you can't say, oh, we're going to show this work because it's a, uh, you know, a woman or whatever the case is. Um, who knows? We don't know who these people are, this could be a woman pretending to be, you know, or, or even even then you could have people who are pretending to be certain demographics unless they start showing pictures of themselves and basically doxing themselves like I do, because I'm just happy to, for me, I mean, as an artist, you're trying to make a name for yourself, so you might as well not put it in code is sort of my thing, but people are making their alter ego their, their name, so to speak, and that's cool. Uh, Everybody does it the way they want to. Uh, So just quickly here, so just a quick aside on that. Uh, So quickly here, the video is being, this is a GIF. Like, it's easy to forget. This is a GIF. And so this kind of video element as a GIF in a larger GIF. uh, Then you see this glitch work. I might have to buy this, actually, because I think there's one left at 14, It went for eight. Usually these go when I'm asleep, so I usually miss them. Um, So anyways, just really interesting stuff here where we're combining mediums through the technology of a GIF. Uh, Yeah, there's $14.90. There's a few left here. I'm probably going to pick one up here if I can scrape together some Tezos. Um, And you can get one too for around that price. Let me just reload here. And quickly, I also want to take a look at Side Hustle here, because Side Hustle has been doing some very interesting stuff. I think what I'm most excited about are these Giorgio de Chirico inspired works, and I guess we can bring out the art history again here. He's calling them uh, Giorgio Number Three, brilliant, only 650. Giorgio Number One edition of six, none available. I don't have this one. I'd love to have it. So I used to pronounce Giorgio de Chirico, I used to pronounce de, de Chirico because I was from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada and I should know better as an Italian, but someone, a, a Russian actually corrected me on that, a good Russian artist friend from way back 20 years ago in Saskatoon. Giorgio de Chirico Quiric- de paintings, uh, let's just look here. So, yeah, so I'm sure you're familiar with this. Uh, huge influence on the surrealists, he called a metaphysical painter. And, uh, you know, one of the great stories of De Kirico is actually Max Ernst, who's another surrealist, when he walked by a store window, the way they used to show art on the street sometimes, uh, just in the store window, uh, Max Ernst saw that and decided that he I, that was like a major turning point in his life when he saw Kiriko in the uh, store storefront window, and that set him on his journey. That was a pivotal p- pivotal point uh, in his journey. So Kiriko, beloved again by the surrealists. So you see the similarity here between this. So I always love it when. Like you know, digital NFT artists basically pay homage and respects. He's made it his own. He's taken a lot of Dikiriko, Let's expand this. A lot of Dikiriko elements and made it his own or her own side hustle. Uh, made it side hustle's own, and you know, even put a little dynamic thing. This would normally be a statue in the middle of a piazza, uh, which was a classic sort of De Kiriko, uh element. You see the train. It was called metaphysical painting because it was sort of seen as some of the first kind of movement towards surrealism the train often is a reference to time uh, so we can go deeper into this isn't as obvious to me as a dakiriko but maybe just this idea of an empty kind of field with something in the middle kind of mysteriously there i mean it does have elements but it's not as quite as clear Uh, And the third one is maybe my favorite, the dark, you know, these are, I think these are called arcades, like this dark arcade, these, you know, columns or sorry, uh, uh, Roman arches. The word has come to me, these dark Roman arches. I mean, I think the color on this, you know, this brings up an interesting point and we're close to wrapping this up here. Uh, People like a lot of the NFT space, I find it's very uh, attracted to the bright shiny object, and sometimes a lot of great artworks kind of get uh, slipped through the cracks because they might not have the most obvious kind of shininess to them, the bright shiny object. Uh, this may be one of those pieces. Look, still available for six fifty. For example, this is a beautiful work. The color. I mean, if. Side Hustle wanted to sell this. Maybe the easier thing would have been to make it a brighter sky and all this sort of thing. But what's really cool about it, he used again Takiriko's trademark green skies, um, uses the flag, the arcade, uh, and then adds, you know, Side Hustle's own kind of little moving thing here. Maybe, maybe that's a sculpture. You see the phallic kind of thing going on here with a bit of smoke coming out. Brilliant. Brilliant. So this is just another treasure here uh, on the Tezos blockchain available for 10 bucks, maybe 11 U.S. dollars, edition of eight. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think we can leave it there. There's maybe one couple of more things. Let's go really quickly to a couple of things. Uh, there's something I missed on the Adelia video that I wanted to point out that was just a little thing, and it was the price high to low. You see this one-of-one one is going for 25000 now. I think this person is smart. Here's the – let me just show you. It's classic Adelia. You know, some friends hanging out. You got classic iconography. It, and this is another genre of digital art that I call – what is it, it's like illustrative, but they're often of contemporary scenes, the kind of scenes you actually don't see in classic, what I'd almost call traditional contemporary art. Uh, It's rare, like once in a while, you'll see like a bag of chips rendered or something, but there's a whole genre, which I'm gonna go into, maybe this weekend, the genres of digital art, and one of them is kind of contemporary settings done in an illustrative style. And Adelia is, I'd argue, a master of that. And I just want to point out, as just a market sign, Jay Burns Vault cancelled their listing on July 24th at 1000 Then they listed for 2500 And then they relisted for 25000 And I think that was actually a wise decision. Because 2500 is like $4,000. And if Adelia blows up, uh, that's probably more the right price. That's closer to the right price than 2500 is, 25,000. So in my opinion, and that's just me. uh, And maybe it'll take a few months or even a couple of years to get there. Maybe it'll take, in this space, it could be a few weeks. Okay, I mean, it's already priced there. So I just wanted to point out, like, I think that person is sensing what I've been kind of pointing out here, kind of what we've been seeing in the market here is this market is changing. This is like July 24th, today's August 26th. Okay, so that's a month where it went from 1,000 to 25,000. Pretty exciting stuff. So again, if you're a collector, you get finding, finding these one of ones at this point is an exciting thing. The last thing is Haiti, Rocket. Just wanted to show you a little anomaly I found. So Haiti has continued to upload all of these AI works he snuck in one of these 99-in-1 uh, uh, ROM glitch pieces. So it made me think like, and I think he's got a bit of a problem with the bots. And we're sort of pointing this out with uh, Lewis Osborne, where like within like two minutes, everything is bought. And then you have all these kind of flippers coming in, which I'm, I have mixed feelings about, because I don't think it's necessarily all bad the flippers. I think they add liquidity to the market, and we actually get to a real market price quicker. In a sense, they're market makers. You could argue, um, but I think he's got a bit of a problem where basically his works get all bought up, and then they get immediately kind of priced at double. And so basically, you know, these middlemen, so to speak, middle people, are taking half his profits, and what are they doing? They're and they're making it more expensive for the collectors. So I was just wondering, maybe just speculating here, I wonder if these AI works are meant to kind of throw off the bots. And then he sneaks in one of his glitch ROMs. I don't know, but I just wanted to point that out. Like just a kind of, a little anomaly I observed in Hades works. So other than that, let me just show you. So very quickly, just want to go to, so it's funny. I just so I've been working on this and you can see how overworked frankly so I was working on this I wasn't happy where it was it, it felt too tight uh, I kept working and it's you could argue it's overworked so I decided to start from scratch which I did and just on the iPad and what was interesting is so I came up with this other kind of version of this composition and what's interesting is on Photoshop for iPad, once you make the brush bigger than 100 pixels, it actually is very hard to control. And so that's why I started making these, these bigger circles, just because it was like hard to get control the brush. But I actually, it's sort of like in praise of randomness is what happened here. So uh, this has a very, yeah, it's called Turkish Slave, like Esclava something. Like this title probably was made 500 years ago. Uh, It's Parmigianino, if I'm pronouncing that right. And so uh, I just call it Portrait of a Woman, because I don't even know where they get that from. I mean, it doesn't look like... I'll just show you the original here. Uh, Let's put normal... I mean, who's to say? Like, sometimes these things just get titles that are, you know... uh, I don't know where that title came from. Um, So I just call it Portrait of a Lady, because that's basically what it is. Um, So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to combine both these because you see the contrast now. And then, so I did that in a day and here I'd been slaving away on this other one. And I go, I think I like the general feel, the looser. And this is more to the spirit of how this series began, which was much more looser and it gradually tightened up because the mind, it always wants to rationalize everything. It always wants to remove the irrational. It's really hard sometimes to keep the irrational so I had to restart and here I was able to, I feel like I've, you know, got more of an irrational feel to this. And so I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take some of these layers. I put these all on different layers a lot of a lot of the time. Well, that sort of makes it look, yeah, I have earlier versions, like most of these dots, I guess maybe not on this, cause I tend to all kind of flatten things and whatever, but you know, see like those dots up at the top, Uh, You know, I'll add dots and stuff and then I remove layers and then I, but you see how tight it is. So what I'm going to do is this first one has a much nicer feel to it for me. So I'm going to keep this loose feel, but then I'm just going to move some of these layers over from this version into this version to get some of those more precise little details. And then I should be pretty close to finished, I'm hoping. So that's what I'm going to work on today. I'm really excited about that. Um, Other than that, uh, I think we can just leave it there for this episode. So thank you for watching. Until next time, take care.